The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven guildhallwealth.com. And while you're on the website, sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. And welcome, Darren, first show of uh, 2014. Big show, John. It's a good year ahead of us. I know good things are going to come for people who are smart enough to take advantage of the markets that we talk about week in, week out. 2013 is gone. Happy New Year to everybody and welcome aboard to all of the new investors from this past week. We're glad to have you and a part of the Guildhall family. And uh, let me just start by saying gold right now up on the year, a couple of percent trading as we are taping this show on Friday at about 12 35 to 1240 range in silver in the 2020 to 2030 range. So both market improvements, but uh, there are a couple of things currently working in favor of gold and silver for the time being. Every year, uh, those who manage the major commodity indices, such as like the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index or the Dow Jones AIG Commodity Index, they reweight the composition of the various commodities that comprise their respective index. Now, some categories of commodities see decreases in the weighting for that particular index, while other commodities see increases in the weighting. So this is a common practice that happens every single year, and it impacts the various markets for about a week or so as the index funds, which are sometimes referred to as the long funds or long-only funds, Uh, benchmark against these indices and they buy or sell certain commodities. In the case of gold and silver, uh, last number of years running, uh, we had a a fairly off year last year for both silver and gold. So of course, the expectation is that they're going to rebound this year and have good positive up years. So the indices are in the buying mode. Now, this is important longer term in the nature, in the sense that the, the nature of the market Uh, there needs to be a level of support at these pricing levels going forward. Our best years in which we've seen stretches from January to spring where pricing peaks have happened, which is in 04, 06, 2008, and 2011, have all begun with great rallies in the first few weeks, uh, some of it predicated on this. And uh, right now, the other part of the thing that we're watching in the front end of the year is the demand, huge demand coming out of, uh, out of the Asian markets. And uh, you might recall we've talked about this quite a mm-hmm. bit, the demand that has been there. It's soaring. And whenever that gold price seems to hit around 1180, which is the support range for gold right now, boom, in comes Asian demand. The buying picks up and you see volumes correct upwards. So again, very strong support at 1180. And only if we were to breach 1180 and subsequently 1150 below that would we see uh, the risk of further downside. So you're talking Asia, that includes China, well, the two biggest two biggest countries, really, China and India, East India, correct? It does. It does include both those countries, and of course, still the Indian wedding season in India. Right. Demand is rampant over there, and again, as I said, it's seemingly in that gold, the magic number is 1180, whether it's in New York, whether it's uh, overseas markets, London, it seems to be that 1180 range where buyers are coming alive and picking that up, and it's been that way for several weeks now. So I expect both uh, gold and silver to hold in their support ranges. Gold again is 1180 and silver in and around about $19 an ounce. And I expect both to hold going forward. So if we get uh, the rest of the week that we've had already and next week, uh, we get that support in those ranges and prices hold where they are. Uh, I expect the markets to move ahead here and we could get a little bit of short covering, which would be uh, which would certainly favor a rally in both metals. So the number to call, one 877 online. Check it out at guildhallwealth.com. Like we uh, we just mentioned, it's 2014, the first show of the year. So for listeners, what ended up being the amount of gold in the futures market that stood for delivery or remains outstanding? Well, that's another topic we were talking about, John. We've been covering it for the last uh, few weeks, certainly through the month of December. We have in the gold market about 20.19 tons of gold standing for December contract month in total. And after that, which, uh, which of course, delivery has to ensue, we've had about, uh, give or take, about 8.74 tons left to settle on, which is about 281,000 ounces of gold that's still not been delivered. Now, if we look at the largest three banks that hold uh, bullion in the New York market on the COMEX, JP Morgan, HSBC, and Scotia, we have a dealer inventory of only about 9.5 tons, which is 
pretty much all but spoken for with respect to what remains for delivery. And they've got to settle upon that 8.74 tons still outstanding. Now, the interesting thing here is that in the futures market, if you're in that particular arena, you may know or you may be well aware of the fact that J.P. Morgan has all but stopped issuing deliveries. Uh, They cannot get their fingers on the product. It's getting very hard, very tight to get product. And the balance, that means the balance of that 8.74 tons is going to have to come from either HSBC, Scotiabank, or or a a mixture of the both. Uh, They only have, by the way, about 6.5 tons of gold available. So that's a precarious uh, situation. Uh, you got about 8.7 tons still sitting there waiting to be delivered. So it should be for uh, make for a very interesting month to see the movements of gold as gold enters the turbulent month of January. So if you weren't smart enough to get physical products, say from Guild Hall, and you go to J.P. Morgan and say, I'd like my gold, please, what do they do? Well, that's something that we've toyed with for a long time. I mean, I've tried to write numerous articles posted all over the Internet about the uh, pros and cons of taking delivery on futures contracts. Now, remember, the futures market, unfortunate as it is, is a very highly leveraged market. Most people who take gold contracts, which are 100 ounces at a time, uh, don't have the money to lay all of that out. So they cannot take delivery. They're hoping that the month fluctuates in their favor. And if I'm a buyer, I hope that the market goes up in price. And usually what I get as a result of that is not the subsequent delivery of that 100-ounce contract. Usually what I get is the premium that I make off the difference between where I bought it and where I sold it. So essentially that accounts for the large majority of who's playing the futures market. Some might roll over into another month if I'm an actually if I'm actually taking delivery, maybe I'm a jeweler or maybe I'm somebody that needs gold. Uh, those those are few and far between. It's it's estimated now by most analysts in the market that if as little as 4% of the entire uh base took delivery of their metals, it would bankrupt the entire COMEX. You would not have enough metal to go forward. Why investors don't see this, why big institutions don't know this, uh, I'm sure they do. But as to whether or not they're willing to take uh, a chance and and risk going full on at the feds uh, in the U.S., who who primarily end up controlling these prices by way of fluctuations in the amount of money they print and other subsequent things that they do, uh, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. What do you think uh, is going to happen with the world economy 2014? It's been a bumpy ride, right, for the last several years. Well, listen, when it comes to the world economy, I mean, despite the, the prices of gold and silver falling during 2013, the story seems to be demand for the physical metal itself. I mean, is... Uh, is this a trend? I mean, is it, is it going to continue? I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I mean, it was gold's first annual drop since 2000 and gold and silver's worst performance since 1981 and 1984, respectively. Now, China, we know, is set to become the world's largest buyer of gold uh, in 2013. The numbers have still not flooded out completely, but we know that from what we've been reading, the headlines are telling us that that's the case. We'll delve into that, as you know we do. And the ramifications of that is that we're going to continue to see very high demand And it remains to be seen if that high Asian demand in places like India and China, if that will keep the markets buoyant. We expect that it will, but it will take the act of the Western markets also beginning to speculate again in both gold and silver to move those metals forward. Uh, Anticipations are very high for price increases this year, and I suspect that both uh, gold and silver will see fairly decent rebounds uh, during this year. And if I'm right in my uh, my expectations by spring we should see a decent rally in both metals that would put buyers right now in the market that are looking to get into this market in great position to take profit off the table one 1711 and online at com. what metal do you think is going to be hotter in the short term silver or gold it's a great question, John. But you know what? To be honest with you, the the two the more speculative of the two metals is silver. It still remains the more undervalued metal of the two. The ratio between gold and silver has not really tightened that much, uh, meaning in the last quarter of the year, silver didn't explode. Uh, per se. In fact, uh, we had uh, a range-bound trading, so I would still put my bets on silver. I like silver for so many reasons. As you know, the fundamentals uh, definitely support long-term higher prices, and I think that from a rally perspective, silver is bound to catch up and surpass it. It has been that way since 2002 anyways, since Guildhall opens its doors, but reality tells me that I have to to go with my gut instinct, and based on what I'm seeing and the research I'm doing, silver is your winner. You've got to take it. Should people be adding gold and silver to their uh, positions already or waiting for the price to settle somewhere? 
Well, with respect to price, we're range-bound, and we're certainly near the lower end of that range, which is a good thing, and we certainly don't have much in the way of uh, concern about buying uh, or or seeing the markets drop that much lower. I mean, this is a market which has been toyed with long enough, and I think investors, for the most part, uh, that are not going to participate in the rally, they've left the market. I mean, they've shaken all the loose branches from the tree, uh, and basically they've all fallen to the ground. So right now, I think, is a great time to start adding to portfolio. If you take, for example, the front end of the year, this is a great time to readjust. Don't necessarily, just by default, go running to your bank, your local institution, and and uh, start throwing money at your RSPs. It may not be the way to go. In fact, if you look at RSP performance, although there is somewhat of a rebound year, you still haven't recovered from the losses of 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. Most people are still uh, still certainly in the, in the uh, red when it comes to those years. So don't necessarily look for that to be the way to go. Ultimately, what you have to look at is where we're heading in price-wise. Uh, and I think with respect to buying, you always want to think about cost averaging. Taking 10 to 15% of your net portfolio is a good place to start. If you have a $100,000 portfolio, you take ten dollars to $15,000, put it in the physical metals. It's what we do, and I mean, it's what we're good at at Guildhall, and it's easy to do. For that dollar amount, what kind of uh, what amount of gold and silver are we talking? Physical metal are we talking? In about? physical product for uh, a, an investment of ten thousand dollars, I mean, you're looking at basically uh, in gold. You can, I mean, again, what we should do is we should discuss the ways you can open up an account with mm-hmm. Guildhall. Uh, the the way to do it is threefold. One, you can take home delivery. It's physical. We don't delve in paper markets. We don't have commodities, uh, futures trades. We don't have options on futures. We're not dealing in ETS. We're certainly not dealing in equities. Uh, but with respect to that, you can take it home. Number two, you can store it with us. Do the smart thing. It's insured. It's stored. It's segregated. It's allocated. You can have the serial numbers uh, on your bars with the with the, with meeting the minimum requirements for the amount you're buying. And it's certainly something that you can buy and sell very quickly. You can't do that when you have it at home, unfortunately. And you're going to be responsible for your own insurance, which can make that uh, an unsafe bet. The third way to invest with our firm is clutchalized financing, and that's really where you're going to take uh, and get the maximum bang for your buck. Let's say I wanted to lay out uh, you know twenty thousand dollars instead of doing that I could lay out eight or nine thousand dollars get the same thousand ounces of metal and uh, and then basically uh, I'm still earning from that so we can discuss that further on in the next segment but for about a ten thousand dollar investment um, you know with respect to, to silver in particular you can get uh, give or take around uh, about let's say maybe four to five hundred ounces and uh, in gold you would be getting around give or take uh, about uh, maybe about uh, eight ounces, eight to nine mm-hmm. ounces of gold, and that's physical. I mean, it's the only way to go. And remember, when you take it out of the market, nobody else gets the right to have that product. When you remove it, when you own it, you're the only person who owns it. Nobody else shares it. It's not hypothecated. It's your product, yours only, and you get to make the decisions on it. It's, it's you really have ownership of that metal, right? You it's do. Nice. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can see it. You can you know you can put it under your bed. You can keep it in a depository, do what you want with it. But at the end of the day, nobody else gets the right to do anything with that except for you. It seems like other than the weight of the metal and actually the insurance uh, problem that you might have storing it at home, it seems like ease of access if you want to turn around and sell your metal. It, it, you, it's a phone call, right, and if you store. You know what? When we come back, let's start with that because I think that people underestimate the importance of buying and selling. Do, is it more important to buy at a low price or is it more important to sell at a high price? Right. What are the intricacies of buying and selling? And am I going to lose money if I'm not positioned properly to sell my product? And that's a great question. We'll take a short break. The number one 877 and guildhallwealth.com. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming up. And more of The Real Money Show. The number to start investing. one 877 online at guildhallwealth.com. While you're on the website, sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor, the free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Darren, we were talking uh, before the bake about the advantages of storing with Guild Hall as it relates to buying and selling gold, right? Yeah, there's not a day that goes by, John, that I don't hear from somebody uh, that gets gassed on buying or selling the wrong way. I mean, there are so many firms out there that don't give you the right information. You think you're getting the right information, but again, if you don't delve behind the headlines, behind what just the front page of the website says, then you're not getting the true information. First off, there is a variance on buying. When you're buying, there are premiums involved in buying. Gold and silver doesn't come for the spot price that's showing on the TV screen every day. Somebody has to make that product. 
product and they get charged for it. And when mints are involved, like coins, uh, there's a higher premium on coins. The rule of thumb is the larger the piece of metal that you can afford to buy at one time, the lower the premium should be. Less machining, right? That's right, of course. So if you're buying a 100-ounce bar versus a 1,000-ounce bar, the 1,000-ounce bar is going to be cheaper per ounce. Uh, You're buying a 100-ounce bar over, let's say, a 1-ounce bar, the 100-ounce bar is going to be cheaper per ounce. But that being said... Every firm charges a premium. Uh, It's made up of a couple of different things. It's the factors that are affecting the market on that given day, market demand and supply for that particular product. Is it available? Is it readily available? Uh, Is there a back order for it? If there's a higher demand for it, there's going to be a higher uh, premium cost coming from the supplier. We use the four, uh, two of the four largest suppliers in the world. Uh, four metals, and as a result, we get really good premiums. We do have competitors, but remember, beyond that, what am I getting when I park my assets with a firm like Guildhall? Well, in most cases, if I don't go to Guildhall, I'm going to a coin seller or I'm going to just uh, a place that just sells bullion, doesn't do anything else. Uh, I'm just getting the buying and selling. That's all I'm getting. And Many cases, it surprises me, John, because, you know, human nature is, has been this way for thousands of years. Look, when I pull into a gas station and I see that the price of gas is 121 even, and across the street, the gas station over there is 119.9. It's one one hundredth of a penny less expensive, but everybody's lined up across Visually, the street. Visually, you think it's a great deal. Visually, right? you're yeah. buying a deal. But, you know, what people don't consider is... I got to buy thousands of liters of gas to make a a difference. It costs me that much more just to drive (laughs) through the traffic to get to that gas station. So unless it's a significant savings, I wouldn't go there. But with Guildhall, what you don't get uh, at the other places is service beyond that. And one of the things that we often find ourselves talking about with people who have already bought is what is your plan for selling? Because it's one thing to buy at the right price. We've talked about the importance of buying now. And that's for moms, dads, doctors, dentists, investors, and non-investors alike. They're all in the same boat when it comes to buying. You want to buy at a cheap price. Now's the right time to buy. I'm telling you that in my history as a person in this marketplace, nine years of expertise, this is a good time to buy both gold and silver and be averaging into these markets. But what you're not getting with these other firms when you go and buy and you save, you know, uh, on a $10,000 order, you save, you know, $50 or $100. What you don't get is the service, and the service is simple. You get a row of experts. Everybody that's on the show on a weekly basis you can speak to, Paul, Jeremy, myself, Stephen, Nicole, everybody at our office you can speak with. At any point in time, if you have questions and you want to ask anybody on our panel about them, you can speak to them. That's included in that price. What's also included in that price is the advice about selling. Now, what people don't think about, John, they, they buy their bullion, they take it home with them, they put it in the sock drawer, they bury it in the backyard, and they never, ever think about selling. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to selling, one thing is true. It's anything but easy if it's not stored properly. If I have that bullion and it's at home, and let's say I have four or five 100-ounce bars, there's a good chance that in order to sell that, I'm going to have to have an intimate knowledge of the person I bought it from so that they trust me like a bank, or I'm going to have to have an assay. And that means that I have to have that product randomly sampled to make sure that the purity is unchanged. It means that my silver is still pure and my gold is still pure. And that is advice that is priceless because most people don't think about it. And when the price hit the high point in the spring of 2011, so many people came running to our firm saying, oh, my God, I can't sell. I they can't sell. They got caught with their pants they down. They got caught. Right? Absolutely. Yep. They had gone and made these ten, twenty, thirty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 investments, and they had no idea how to sell it. They just figured it was as easy as walking back into the place that they bought it from. In addition to that, they were gassed on the selling price. So they didn't get what they were told right. they were going to get. At Guilds Hall, we lay it out. It's transparent. I'm happy to tell you what spreads are when you're buying and when you're selling. I'm happily, I'm happy to tell you exactly what to expect. But on the selling side, I can't emphasize how important it is, John, to make certain that you're prepared to sell. And if you're not holding your bullion in a secured depository like the one that we have at Guildhall, you don't have that ease of liquidity. You don't have the ability to pick up the phone and sell quickly. Like a stock, like anything else, timing is everything. Absolutely. In spring of 2011, the price of silver, the intraday high was 49.30. Now, most likely, very few people are going to be astute enough to sell at that near high. But during that day, we sold. 
we had people selling. We had automatic triggers that got people out of the market. And in some cases, people were out of that market until the price hit at least $28 an ounce versus people who took it home and thought, you know what? I bought it for the long term. I'm not going to sell it. And that could be the wrong thing to do. We're not advocating, nor am I advocating, that we buy and sell frequently. Not As day Paul, trading your house, yeah, as Paul says. Paul right? says, you're not day trading your house. Why would you day trade silver and gold? The idea here is to simply take advantage of these price peak points. It's to get out of the market when the going is good or before the going gets good, take a little profit off and use that profit. Put a little bit back in the pocket and then use a little bit of it to get back into the market and bulk up your metal holding. So if you had 1,000 ounces of silver, now you got 1,200 ounces of silver, 1,400 ounces of silver. And I've had many a clients come back to me time and time again and add to their stack. They pick up ounces here. They pick up ounces there. They add, you know, maybe they had 1,000 ounces to start with. And before you know it, they've been in the market for 24 months, and now they've doubled their position. Now, they may have brought more funds to the table, mm-hmm. but in many cases, they've done nothing but buy and sell at the right time. You don't have to be perfect, and Guildhall's not perfect. I don't want to leave that impression. But when you're timing this market, it, it helps to have the proper liquidity. You've got to be able to buy and sell it at the right time. Well, it's like you and uh, Jeremy and Paul have always said, it's better to be a month early than a day late on this stuff, right? So It's always been that way, and yep. it will remain to be that way. The number, one 1711 online for purchases well and to check it out guildhallwealth.com the precious metals advisor that is a free subscription to guildhall's premier market newsletter want to bounce back to uh, the world economy and where you think it's uh, going as far as it refers to silver and gold in the future anyway well again 2013 is an interesting year because we've got numbers in so far from a couple of, well one of the main i mean the perth mint is a large mint the u.s mint the perth mint the canadian mint those are your three big mints with respect to bullion production uh, those mints produce a lot of bullion. They take a lot of bullion out of the market. They put a lot of bullion into the market. Now, uh, the the Perth Mint has reported uh, a ton of Chinese buying has, has, has occurred during 2013. And uh, both the Perth Mint and the U.S. Mint saw huge increases in demand for physical gold coins and bars. Um, the Perth Mint uh, of Western Australia reported that they saw a significant increase in sales despite the falling prices on paper of both gold and silver. Gold sales for the Perth Mint, which refines most of the bullion from the world's second biggest producer, Australia, climbed 41% last year. That's a huge gain. That means 10 years or more into this bull market, one of the world's largest mints had 41% increase in demand, telling us that we're nowhere near a bubble, we're nowhere near peak demand for this particular uh, asset. And if you look at their sales, sales of gold coins and minted bars totaled 754,000 ounces in 2013, uh, up from 533,000 ounces a year earlier, according to data from the Mint. Now, silver coin sales, they surged 33%. Uh, to about 8.6 million ounces from 6.5 million ounces in 2012. And now gold bullion sales expected, um, gold bullion sales expanded about 12% to 58,944 ounces in December alone from 52,000 in November and uh, about 51,007 in December 2012, which is according to data from that mint. Now, if you look forward, uh, the 2014 year, it looks fantastic. Yes, it's going to require the Chinese demand to remain high and the Indian demand to remain high. But one thing that we have going for us is that both economies seem to be firing. Both economies have a middle class that are interested in owning these two assets, and both are going to be going forward very big buyers. Now, if you look at the economy in the broad sense, Let's not you know beat around the bush, John. The entire the entire system from top to bottom is built on credit. Never forget that credit can evaporate literally overnight. Um, you know, think of, of of things that we've seen in the recent past, like credit, uh, Anstalt, Enron, LTCM, Lehman Brothers. I mean, look at Greece, Cyprus, Detroit. Yeah. I mean, Detroit, I mean, who's next? You know, Italy, Spain this year, uh, they could be a real big problem this year. But the the effect is that the U.S. government itself has had its credit line shut off. We haven't seen the ramifications yet because the Fed has stepped in as the buyer of first, uh, last, and any resort. Now, how long does this music continue to play once credit gets withdrawn and becomes unavailable somewhere 
uh, important? The answer is it doesn't. I mean, we don't know what's going to be the fallout. Uh, we, we have witnessed an entire year where demand has grossly outstripped supply and existing inventories were bled fiercely to meet the demand in the bullion market. And that, to me, spells one thing long-term, spells ka-ching for investors who are smart enough and wise enough to own the assets. Now, we were talking earlier, John, about uh, what $10,000 would do for me. Yeah. Let me give you an example of the other route you can take when you're owning, and I'll use, I'll use uh, silver, for example. If you wanted to collaterally finance a thousand ounces of silver, normally it's going to cost you around twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars right now to go and buy a thousand ounces of silver, and that's sixty five pounds of metal for those that are keeping track. However, if I wanted to use the system of collateral financing put in place by Guildhall, uh, exclusively by our firm, I could choose to put up about give or take eight to nine thousand dollars minimum outlay. I still own and control a thousand ounces of silver, except now when the price goes up, instead of it needing to go from twenty to forty to double my money, it only needs to go from about about up about eight dollars an ounce, back wow. up to around the twenty seven, twenty eight dollar, twenty nine dollar range. Now, is that possible? I think it is. I think it's more than possible. In fact, I think that that's something that the market's capable of doing this year alone. But don't take my word for it. Watch the markets. If you're somebody that's sitting on the fence, as, as Paul always said, the only thing you're going to get from sitting on the fence is splinters in your backside. And unfortunately, that's just the truth. So many people pass up good opportunities uh, because they cannot be contrarian. They want to wait until the market moves. They want to see higher prices. And inevitably, they end up buying at the wrong time. This is the right time to own uh, silver and gold and precious uh, natural fancy colored diamonds. One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven and guildhallwealth.com. You mentioned uh, potential. What kind of potential does it have? I mean, Paul's mentioned several times on this show that within the next two years, he's still calling 50 or $60 silver. Really, you know? Well, the, the reality is the next rally is going to take us past the all-time high. There's no doubt about wow. it. I, I've, I've considered this at great length. I've done a million chart entries. I've looked at the fundamentals. I mean, remember what gold and silver have working for them. They both have four major fundamentals, which we'll talk about in the last segment today, uh, working for them. The U.S. dollar is expected to, to drop in value. We do have long-term inflation expectations. We have all kinds of unsettling news out of the Middle East, and we still have awesome support supply and demand fundamentals. So going forward, I suspect that silver on its next peak, whether that comes in spring of this year or within the next 24 months, is going to beat its all-time high. Its all-time high is $52 an ounce. And mark my word, this is a day you'll look back if you're an investor and say, that's a smart move. I made the right decision for me, for my family, for my future. We got to take a quick break, but before we do, just want to ask you one final question. You don't have to watch too much TV, read too many newspapers to realize that the Chinese love gold. The U.S. hates it. Who's right? Well, listen, for me, it's it's the Chinese. They understand what's happening. There's a magnitude of credit floating around. We're at the worst debt levels in history. We've printed more money than I can count. You can't fathom what has been put out there in terms of paper. And I got to tell you, the people who own the hard assets have always been winners, whether it's real estate, whether it's art, whether it's natural fancy colored diamonds, gold, silver. These assets have stood the test of time. Look at classic cars. How many people nowadays buy a brand new car, a domestic car, and put it in their garage and say, you know what, in 60 years from now, boy, oh boy, that's going to be worth a whole pile Nobody. of money. Nobody does that. At least it. But the the reality is that if I look back at what was being built in the 50s and 60s, those were when cars were really built well. Well, this is the same. Right now we're seeing that same exact period of time. It's a renaissance in the gold and silver market and natural fancy colored diamonds. And before everybody knows about it, before 20% of the investing public grab hold of this and drive it higher, be one of the first. Take a chance and put some of your money, your hard-earned dollars, into real tangible assets like gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. And we'll talk more about natural fancy colored diamonds. Love this part of the show. The number, though, one 1711 and online at guildhallwealth.com. While you're perusing the website, make sure you sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor, the free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. This is The Real Money Show, one 214 That is the number to start investing. The website is guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, this is part of the show I love. This is the diamond segment, the natural fancy color diamonds is what Welcome, we're Welcome, Jeremy. About. Thank you, thank you. And uh, it's been a very successful past uh, month for colored diamonds. We've seen, uh, we've sold... Uh, a little over 15 diamonds in the last month. A lot wow. of that was due to the fact that we had some diamonds reappraised and people were taking advantage of that offer that we were selling at last year's prices. 
However, we were also getting a lot of diamonds reappraised from uh, last year. And uh, again, as always, very pleased with the results, seeing anything between 15 to 20 percent gains on appraisals year over year. So constantly in, impressed with the type of uh, quality of returns on these type of diamonds, which are extremely rare. Out of the 15 that we did sell in the last 30 days, we've only been able to replace at this point about four. And of course, I believe one was sold uh, already. So we're trying to bring some new product online, but it is very difficult. These are extremely rare diamonds. That's good news, though. You can't replace them just like that, right? That's not not what you want to hear if you're an investor. This this stems back as far as, uh, I would think, June of this year when Jeremy and Paul traveled to Las Vegas to one of the world's largest diamond shows that we all as a firm go to every year. And I think, you know, Jeremy would be the first to tell you, it was increasingly uh, difficult to secure somebody on a floor full of hundreds of suppliers that had vivid yellow diamonds. It was incredible. And, and Jeremy, you can attest to it. You were there. Yeah, it's always very difficult to find diamonds of of very good quality. And we're talking internally flawless diamonds, diamonds that have very good symmetry, diamonds that really show off good color. So these are these are the qualities that you want when you're looking for a diamond that's going to protect your investments and protect your wealth. And of course, that's why most people are buying these, these types of colored diamonds. They're looking for protection. They're also seeing that... When when you're seeing 15, 20% increases year over year, why? Because of the supply, because of the rarity. You can look at the long term more easily as a portion of your portfolio. You can say, you know what? It's very easy to put $20,000 into a portfolio knowing that in the next 20 years, that's going to be worth 200,000 plus Mm -hmm. potentially. And of course, knowing that these diamonds are so difficult to procure, it it helps with that as well. And essentially, people are looking for quality. They want quality investments. They want, you know, if you're going to buy a home, you want a quality home. people People are, I think, done with throwaway things. And I think part of the beauty of diamonds is that you can have... Stocks? Stocks being one of them, it's it, you know we don't know how high the stock market can go, but it's had very good performance in the last couple of years. Uh, most a lot of analysts are are looking for pullbacks, of course, on on the stock market. But again, it comes back to quality, and quality gives you the results. And I think that's why people are really enjoying colored diamonds. And of course, the you know we did launch a new website. We, the diamonds look great on the site. Uh, it's really easy to see what you're looking to purchase. And so I think people, once they come in and they can see how beautiful the diamonds are in real life, they fall in love quite quite easily. The key next is you need to move up. You want to, if you can get into a fancy, try to get into intense. If you can get into an intense, try to get up to a vivid. It's a lot like real estate. You buy your studio apartment, you move up to your two bedroom, you move up to a house and eventually you're going to downgrade. That's when you're looking to cash in, and, and that's why these diamonds are great for retirement. So if you are looking to retire 10, 15, even 20 years out from now, this is the perfect type of investment. And uh, as someone who is uh, getting married very soon, I can tell you I'm pushing hard to make this uh equally diamonds in in the sort of as part of the family for the portfolio, and I'm very pleased to be looking to do that. Don't do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wonderful. Don't do Just it. Just simply don't do it. Nice no, guy. No, I'm a happily married man. This is long as listening to the show, actually. Jeremy, you guys have uh, mentioned it on several occasions. Paul has, you know, there's white diamonds and there's color diamonds, fancy color diamonds, investment grade. You talked about IF, the abbreviation, internally flawless. Where's the cutoff line for Guildhall? It's, uh, it's very high. Right. Uh, it's a very strong cutoff. Uh, basically, we are looking for internally flawless diamonds. We're looking for diamonds that have very strong color. So we don't buy fancy light. We'll, we'll, as far as yellows are concerned, we'll only go fancy. Um, certain diamonds will have dictate certain sizes. So with yellows, we won't go below a carat. In pinks, we will go below a carat because they are very rare. And, of course, you also have to look at, in, in a way, the producer, the manufacturer. It's, there, there's the diamond on paper. You can find all the aspects that you're looking for on paper, but it has to translate into reality. I could make a, not myself, but you could have a cutter create a diamond that's internally flawless and well-balanced, but just doesn't have the fire, doesn't have Mm -hmm. the brilliance. And so you have to have that with the diamond. That's where having someone like Nicole on staff, a GIA graduate who who can look at the diamonds and, and see certain things that a lot of other people are going to miss. It's very important to have that on, on staff. So we also, over the years, we've gotten better access to, to diamonds. You know, if you're a newcomer to the business, you're not going to necessarily get uh, a dealer's best product coming your way. 
What would be the uh, the starting point for somebody who maybe they've invested with you already with gold and silver and bullion, now they're looking to move out to a colored diamond? Where would you start them? It, it depends on the budget, of course. Mm-hmm. Diamonds can start uh, just above $10,000, about $11,000, What I often tell people, as I was just mentioning earlier, is if you can move up to the next level, do your best to do it because the diamonds don't go down in value. We've got a, over a 40-year track record where the diamonds just have not ever receded in price. They've only increased in price. So if you can move up slightly, so for example, if you can get up from 14000 up to 21000 to get from a fancy to an intense, try to do it. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to serve you down the line. Now, that's something we can help, of course, with Guildhall. If you've bought a fancy and three, four years later, you want to try to move up into a larger diamond or a more expensive or a more rare diamond, that's something we can certainly help you do. So we're not going to challenge pocketbooks, but it is just like real estate. If you can just move up a little bit, it's always going to help. So try to do that with diamonds as well. Jeremy, I'll ask you this. What makes, what makes it different to go and buy a diamond, a colored diamond at Guildhall? Why would I want to do that? Well, I think the first thing is that the quality of, of the selection You don't have to guess, which I think is very important in terms of being able to make sure that that diamond is quality and is going to get the returns that you're looking for. So number one, our collection isn't large, but of course, every single diamond is investment grade. So I think that's that's a huge difference between us and most other companies out there. Number two, we're a member of the NCDIA. That's also very important. It's a small select group. There's only about 30 wholesalers in there. Um, and retailers, there's, a, I believe, three uh, members in Canada. We're, we're one of them. So what wow. that is, is it's self-policing. It's a very small network of, of diamond uh, dealers and retailers looking to make sure that that promote the the colored diamond industry. So we're they're a bit of a watchdog as well. So it's very important that whoever you're dealing with, if they're part of the NCDIA, that means they're they're in the clique. Uh, as well, having a GIA member on staff is also key. It means that you have a professional who can look deeper into the diamond, into the certificates, and make sure that the quality is there. And because these diamonds are so difficult to procure, we're more than happy to be part of the sales process. When it comes time to resell that diamond, we want to be a part of that process. Now, that doesn't mean selling the diamond a year later. You wouldn't flip a studio apartment and hope to make money. Mm -hmm. There is a certain amount of time that that a, a client will hold on to the diamonds. But when the time is right, we are more than happy to keep maintaining our quality by help selling diamonds to clients we've sold in the past to. And I mean, a lot of people ask, John, about the uh, methods we use to sell the diamond. We had a client this week that actually uh, wrote in an extensive email and asked a number of questions, some of which Jeremy has touched on. But the importance of understanding the difference is like the importance of understanding how uh, you might get a wholly different experience in buying gold and silver from a coin dealer versus right. from Guild Hall. What you do when you're buying might be very similar uh, amongst uh, a myriad of different suppliers, including colored diamonds, but the quality of the product you get and the gain you get uh, are not something that you can see in necessarily the very first day. So when it comes to picking out those diamonds, because Nicole is spending so much time and Paul and Jeremy and I are spending so much time going around the world and uh, sharing that expertise uh, with the people supplying diamonds, we're almost hands down making certain that if there's going to be a gain in the market, it's going to come on one of these types of diamonds that we have offered on the website. In addition to that, the difference between us and another place is that uh, we have that expertise and we're growing that expertise. We're not stopping the learning experience. Uh, Nicole is constantly upgrading her skill set. She's currently doing it right now as we speak and upgrading uh, some of the aspects that pertain to her GIA certification. And that's ongoing and will continue to be. And that's because we expect or have a very high level of expectation of excellence in, in, in our entire firm. We expect everybody in the firm to be knowledgeable about about the product, to understand what it is they're selling and how it can impact an investor's portfolio. And I think that in this day and age, there is a huge mentality that shift that's happening. Uh, people are getting away from necessarily uh, putting countless percentages of dollars into their normal paper assets, and they're looking for these opportunities. Diamonds are private 
People don't know about what that means, and they are something that can be passed down through generation to generation, let alone being put away for that individual themselves. But there's a number of factors that are uh, coming to the forefront now that are not being realized by other people who are selling colored diamonds. It's it's certainly not as exciting as the stock market. You don't get to watch the prices move up and down. But on an y- annual basis, when you see the increases in the uh, appraisals, clients become very happy. It is generational wealth. And of course, if you're putting just a portion of your portfolio into it, if you've got a million dollar portfolio and you're looking to buy, say, a 0.5 carat pink diamond, that's a type of diamond that isn't just going to get 20% a year. You're looking more to 35% gains every wow. year on that type of diamond. So to hold on to a diamond like that for 10 years out of your portfolio, it's not just a hedge. It becomes a, it becomes a money maker. So um, a lot of times in the industry, they'll call diamonds like that money in the bank. And it becomes difficult as, as the, the purveyor of them to want to sell them in some ways because once you sell that diamond, you have to find a way to replace it. Uh, we had a, a red diamond we sold last year that was irreplaceable. It, we were not going to replace that diamond. Wow. We might we might get the opportunity to help resell that diamond right. down the road, but there's no way we're ever going to replace that diamond. So these are so rare, it's Im- it's important to, to get the knowledge, and of course you can contact us for that knowledge. We do have a buyer's guide for colored diamonds. We do have a newsletter which we can uh, continue to educate our clients and potential clients on. But it's a fantastic investment. It's, it's one that has an amazing track record, and uh, we encourage people to learn more about it or to get started and continue to move up from there. Something I know Nicole has preached about several times in the show and the fact that, okay, you, you found the diamond at Guildhall you like. It's got the fire, the brilliance. You love the diamond. You don't necessarily have to put this thing into a little velvet satchel and, and slam it into a safety deposit box. There's wealth to wear too, right? Of course, and uh, we often see them loose, in, in the case, and once you put it into a setting, it really shines. It really uh, sets a new light on the diamond, which you just don't, you just cannot appreciate as much when you're seeing the diamond loose, especially when you can put it into a setting and put it into daylight, put it under, um, you know, incandescent lighting, and, and you just see it and it gets out there and it's, it's beautiful. So it's, uh, you know, you, we wish more people would do it. It's funny hmm. that a lot of people don't really know the value of colored diamonds. There's a lot of retail stores selling, quote unquote, colored diamonds, but they're, they're not actual fancy colored diamonds. They're colored, colored diamonds. diamonds. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and those that, that do see colored diamonds don't really know what they're worth. Uh, so it's it's you're part of a club when you when you own a, a natural fancy colored diamond and put it into a setting. So we call that wealth to wear. Enjoy it for the next five, ten years. Um, you can always change the setting. You can always take it out of the setting. Um, settings are very subjective as well. So first and foremost, you want to pick that diamond, uh, the, the stone itself. In addition to that, one of the things that is really a standout for our firm uh, against other firms that don't typically do this, and I'm talking 90% of other firms that don't do this, is that every diamond we have posted on our site, we've already taken to an independent appraiser, which means we own the diamond. We couldn't get it appraised unless we brought the physical stone there. You're going to notice when you're surfing out there, when you're searching and researching colored stones, that many, in fact, most of the sites that you're looking at will not have an independent appraisal attached with the diamond, let alone the GIA. This is because the majority of firms carry an inventory of diamonds for which they don't own. It's called memo in the industry, and it basically means that they have access to the diamond and that they could bring you the diamond, but in many cases, 10 or 12 or more firms are all highlighting the same exact diamond. So if you come across two places that sell the exact same diamond, it shouldn't surprise you one bit. That's standard practice. So you want to avoid that by going with a firm that has ownership of those diamonds that you can come sit down to uh, touch feel and see that diamond and in addition to that we were just talking about it john before this segment started there are a number of diamonds that are on our website that meet uh, all kinds of different uh, budgets but there are also a few that we have a certain degree of interest in ourselves and i own uh, diamonds jeremy owns diamonds paul of course owns a lot of diamonds Uh, and Nicole as well. But one diamond in particular that I was looking at this week that I'm amazed has not moved yet. 
is a 3.02 carat radiant mix cut intense yellow internally flawless. Now it's it's a radiant cut, so it's it shows the light very well. You'll be so impressed with the color uh, of this particular diamond. Uh, it's three plus carat. It's enormous. It's a big boy. Somebody yeah. who puts this on their finger is a very special woman. Yeah, you don't, don't go do swimming. Sets. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the the appraised price of this diamond is one hundred and forty five thousand, and the asking price is eighty seven thousand Canadian. It is a tremendous bargain, in my opinion. It's sitting on the website right now. It most likely just not has has just not found the right buyer as of yet. But again, it's sitting there, and I look at it every week. I love this diamond; is absolutely gorgeous, and I think Jeremy would agree. And and these diamonds do find homes. Uh, we sold a, a, quite a few of very expensive diamonds last year. One carat vivid blue, half carat vivid blue, two carat princess cuts. Wow! Uh, sold the red. We've sold some large pinks. So the, you know these these diamonds don't uh, they're not hotcakes. Uh, they they are for a, a discerning clientele, but they do find homes. And this is this diamond is is very much a, a hero diamond. It's the type of diamond that you'd see uh, showcased in a in a magazine for Cartier. Um, right. for graph these are these are this is a type of diamond that uh, is really a hero diamond so um anyone looking to own that is is owning something particularly special who is buying well, there's a lot of people buying. I mean, if you look at the population of people who are investing in diamonds, it's small to begin with. That's granted. I mean, less than 1% of the population is going to be exposed to something like this uh, yet. But in terms of the demographic, I mean, it's moms, dads, it's women, it's men, uh, business owners, uh, people who are have been in the same career for 10, 15, 20 years, solid 9 to 5 people. These are uh, one or two uh, types of, of demographics that are coming to us and saying, hey, we're sick and tired of the same old thing. That's the common uh, That's the common theme. So we get the people who have lots of money, the wealthy who have been on buying sprees for maybe decades when it comes to colored diamonds. But we also get our fair share of people who are just saying, hey, I've only got ten to $20,000. So really, I, I'm limiting the amount of the upper echelon that I can buy. What can I get in this price range that's going to still give me a great return and keep uh, keep me safe. And, and there's a lot of diamonds on our site in that price range. So the, the difference in the demographic is tremendous. But the one common theme is that they are sick and tired of the same old, same old money printing excuses and being lied to by the people they've trusted forever. Yeah. And maybe that's going to change. But right now, it's the reason why people are flocking to alternative assets, hard assets that are tangible. We're going back to old school to the way it used to be Love when it. we had money in our pockets. We didn't play around with plastic all the time and this is certainly one of the assets that were part of that mentality one 1711 and online at guildhallwealth.com what do you see the trend for 2014 jeremy i think we're going to see a more of what we saw in 2013 which is i i think that any diamonds that do go up for auction i think you're going to see more record breakers or this being this or that being sold for very very high prices i think people are going to continue to go after uh, larger diamonds because they know that it is money in the bank they're happy to put the money out in the line grab the get gather the investors together and and let's all make money i think you're going to see a lot more of those happening I think the smaller investor, if if uh, the last six months uh, in particular has been any indication, I think the smaller investors coming towards Colored Diamond saying, I am going to look for alternatives now. Maybe they've done well in the stock market the past couple of years. They say, you know what? This is all pumping money into the stock market. Um, this can't go on indefinitely. I'm going to look for something of quality. I'm going to look, look for something that's concentrated wealth, uh, that is discreet. And I think you're going to see more people flocking into the market. We've seen it for the last several years. It's just conti- the momentum's just been growing and growing. And I think you're going to continue to see that momentum growing. And which what that's going to end up uh, creating is you're going to see more and more shortages of supply and it. The vivid diamonds, internally flawless diamonds, are going to become increasingly more difficult to procure. one 214 online at guildhallwealth.com. We'll take one short break up and wrap up for this week. Hang on. The Real Money Show, the number to invest, one 214 online at guildhallwealth.com. While you stop by there, pick up the Precious Metals Advisor free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Guys, trends for the upcoming year for gold, silver, diamonds, what do you say? 
I think uh, given that last year we did have a pullback in both gold and silver after 12 consecutive years of increases, I think that uh, the the bottoms are pretty much set in this market. And I think that people are really looking at that value. I think you're going to see people really start to jump in on this market and say, you know what, one year of correction – I like the bottom. I'm going to dip in and, and start getting. And we, we've already seen the beginning of that trend towards the end of 2013, where a lot of people were, were uh, what we call cash sales, buying the physical bullion and taking it home. And I think that people should also think about uh, proper, secure, allocated storage. I think that if you're looking to own anything more than a thousand ounces of silver, that you can look to have it allocated, segregated, no counterparty risk, and that's something that we offer at Guildhall. So definitely give us a call, and we'll we'll uh, go through the details on that. That's something you went on about uh, earlier, Darren, about having it and trying to you know get it out there and sell it. Who do you go to? You know, people you got to test it and make sure they grade it. It's scary to keep it at home. Really, well, it's, it's not a wise it's, thing. It's a huge misunderstood part of the process and when it comes to selling I mean I don't have any more incentive than to be uh, as open and honest with our listeners as possible it's not easy to sell bullion if you're holding it at home unless you have an intimate uh, relationship with the person you bought it from unless you know the company that you bought it from they don't make it easy especially when the market's running because when it gets volatile and the prices rise rapidly you're going to want to try to capture every bit of profit you can and in doing so you're going to be going back to those little guys in the corner streets who are selling those in the first place and they're not going to want to give you that because they know at any given second this market could implode and if they're going to buy that back from you they got to make a profit off doing that so this is a huge risk and it, it never fails people who decide they're getting into the market for the first time. They're just starting to purchase some physical bullion. They they go to purchase, let's say, uh, 600 ounces of silver, 700 ounces of silver. And uh, when they go to take it away, they realize just how heavy it is. <laughs> and they they just, you know, and, and, and you say, well, you know, we do have the depository for that. Uh, you know, listen, it, it's tough to it's tough to say, OK, well, I'll. We'll we'll put it there then, but um, but it's something to consider off the bat, knowing that you can have it allocated, segregated. You get your serial numbers. It's titled, uh, knowing that you can buy and sell on a phone call, and it's secured. Uh, it, it it's certainly one way to go if you're once you've sort of dipped your toe in the water and you want to get more into the market. Now you've got to think about the security. Costs of doing business are extremely low for for what it is, and uh, it and I think given. The fact that last year the market did dip, this year I think you're going to see more printing of money, more inflation, interest rates could go up. Uh, You're going to see a lot of events occurring uh, as we did last year, but I think you're going to see more black swan type events. And I think people are going to really seriously start to flock into precious metals. I think silver, once it gets above 25, I think you're going to start to see silver mania start to kick in a little bit. And we want to remind everybody of the promotion we have on this week. Buy 100 ounces uh, of silver in a 100-ounce bar form, and you'll get one uh, Canadian silver maple leaf free for every 100-ounce bar you buy. And that's continuing on going. Just touch base with us. Let us know. We'll be happy to do that for you. Just before we wrap up, guys, I know you mentioned it's back in the first segment, but uh, just go through quickly again collateralized financing because I think that might be a good thing for people getting in, right? Well, if you wanted to own outright 1,000 ounces of silver today, it would cost you about 22000 You can make that same exact investment, control it, and gain the same amount uh, from it by putting up as little as eight or 9000 That's the power of collateral financing. It means that you're using somebody else's money to leverage that investment. Uh, and when with respect to the market going forward, instead of needing a $20 move from 20 to 40, you need about an 8 to $9 move from where we are now uh, up there. So, I mean, collateral financing is something we're happy to discuss with you. And uh, again, give us a call. It's going to be an interesting year. We just got in the first show of 2014. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it for now. The number to call, one 214 and online at guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, take advantage of the Precious Metals Advisor, the free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. This has been The Real Money Show.